Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Well, I don't know if you've ever read the four Gospels through carefully, but if you have, you likely couldn't help but notice this, that even though they cover a time of about three years, a large portion of each one is concerned with one particular event in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. That event, of course, is his arrest, trial, and his crucifixion. Well, why was it? Why was it that the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified? It's for the very same reason that he came, He came to die for our sins, and God wants to direct our attention on exactly what happened on that day that he accomplished this great work. Many people made choices for or against Christ that day, but our message is concerned with the decision and response of one particular individual, Pontius Pilate. He was forced to make a decision. He asked the people, What shall I do then with Christ? But in the end, he had to answer for himself. In actual fact, We all do. In today's message, evangelist Peter Ramsey considers this all-important question and begins by first reading the Gospel account found in Matthew chapter 27. You could leave this meeting with peace in your heart, at peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then we're going to read from Matthew chapter 27, and we'll read a few verses here. Verse 1. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus, against Jesus, to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Verse 11. And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Now at that feast the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would, and they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him when he, Pilate, was set down on the judgment seat. His wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just or that good man. For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. We don't know much about the dream, but we know that Pilate's wife was spoken to and she couldn't shake the dream. Some dreams come and go. 
By morning we can't recall them. But Pilate's wife knew that she had a dream that she vividly recalled, and it had to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 20. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. And the governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain or which of the two will ye that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate says unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus? which is called Christ. They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Verse 38, Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Verse 45, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me. And verse 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. In all of those verses that we read, there is one question that is still relevant. I don't know whether you spotted the question, but there was a critical question that Pilate, the governor, asked. 2,000 years ago. And tonight in this auditorium with so many people, that question is relevant to you. And I know it's easy to become occupied with the crowd and the uniqueness of the gathering. As you look around and you see all the different people and the format, the presentation, it may all be new to you. But what we would like to impress upon you this evening is the one question that Pilate asked. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? It's too late to worry about the Lord Jesus Christ after you die. It is highly unlikely that everyone gathered in this room will be alive this time next year. There will be a number, I say more than one, a number from this audience in 12 months' time. And some of you, maybe myself, will be in eternity. And it's too late then to think about your relationship with God now. 
is the time to answer this question. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? There is a billboard. I personally think the advertisement, the commercial is a little crude. It's a funeral home advertising, and it's stiff competition in the funeral home business. And there's a big billboard, and on that billboard there is a coffin surrounded by flowers, and the caption underneath the coffin and the flowers is this, Think Outside the Box. Now, we used to talk about that at work. We used to encourage employees to be creative, innovative. Don't confine yourselves to the boundaries of the box. Think outside the box. But a funeral home has taken that little slogan. They are saying, think outside the box about your funeral arrangements, how much it's going to cost. Set money aside for your funeral. Think outside the box financially. Prepare for your funeral. We would like to say to you this evening, think outside the box, not financially, but spiritually, because it's too late once you breathe your last and life is over. It's too late to think then. Oh, there'll be many thoughts, but they'll be irreversible. It's too late after you die to get right with God. That's why we've, we're so happy to see you at this gospel meeting. Maybe you had no intentions of getting so great a matter settled in this meeting. You wouldn't be the first person that came through a door of an auditorium not thinking about trusting Christ, not thinking about getting saved. And in the course of 60 minutes, you thought about your sin. You thought about your relationship with God. Other people have trusted Christ in that 60-minute window of a gospel meeting. You could change your mind. Maybe you have no intentions of being saved this evening. Oh, we're praying that your mind will be changed by the Spirit of God and that you will surrender, repent of your sins, and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. This question that Pilate asked so many years ago, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? It is the most biblical question. The Bible is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, I don't understand the Bible. The Bible is a big book. So many things I don't understand about the Bible. Well, we won't understand it all, even those of us who are saved. We'll go home to heaven not understanding everything about the Bible. Because the Bible is inspired word of the eternal God. But the Bible is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. The central theme of this book. You wonder, what is the Bible all about? It's about Christ. It's about Christ. The unfolding of God's well-beloved Son. The Lord Jesus Christ. The central theme figure of the Bible is Jesus. Oh, there's many characters you can read about them. Delightful stories in the Old Testament. I love to tell stories to boys and girls and young people from the Bible because the Bible is full of tremendous stories. But the focal point, the central figure of the Bible is 
God's beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, from the first book, Genesis, to the very last book in the canon of Scriptures, all about Christ. Revelation 22 ends up with, Even so come, Lord Jesus. You read a lot of things in the Old Testament that you might not understand. What you need to know tonight is that many of those things are pictures and types pointing forward to the Lord Jesus Christ coming into the world. Years ago in business, I had the privilege of being involved in the construction of a new hospital. It started off with an artist drawing. I remember going to community meetings and putting up on the board the artist drawing of the new facility. And then a few months later, we came by with a model of the new facility, just all but this big, under pexiglass. And we would go around and have community meetings and we would say, this is what the new hospital is going to look like. And the community would all stand around and look, well, is this where the maternity ward is going to be? And is this the emergency department? But eventually, eventually, the real thing came along. The real hospital. The other was, it was just a picture or a model. And remember that when you're reading the Old Testament. They're pictures, models, types, pointing forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into this world. The Bible is all about Christ. And so when Pilate asked this question, what shall I do then with Jesus? That's the pivotal question of the Bible. The central question of the Bible. Facing God's creatures, you. Facing myself. What shall I do with the Lord Jesus? A lot of people like to treat everything generally. For everybody. But if you're ever going to be in God's heaven, there will come a very personal, precise precious moment in your experience when it won't be everybody out there that believes that Jesus died on the cross. If you are ever going to be in heaven, you will answer this one question that Pilate asked. What shall I do then with Jesus? I don't know whether Pilate had any thought of thinking about Christ in that particular day. It seems like the Lord Jesus Christ was abused and mocked and taunted through the wee hours of the morning, through the dark night, when he was arrested and his hands were bound. But then when the morning came, maybe Pilate had other items on his to-do list for that day, but all of a sudden he was confronted with a man. Pilate, you have to make a decision. We bring this man Jesus to you. We don't have the authority to do what needs to be done to him. You have to make the decision. I don't know what Pilate thought that morning. When he was confronted with the Lord Jesus Christ, his day was interrupted by Christ. What am I going to do with Christ? It's been a regular day up until now. But here you are, and you're faced with this question. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? Pilate goes out, and he sees standing in his midst. He's probably seen many other criminals, but now he sees a man, and he looks into his eyes. And his eyes were not the eyes of a criminal. Pilate gazes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he sees radiating from his eyes love, compassion. He looks at the face of the Lord Jesus. He probably thinks to himself, this man is no criminal. I can spot a criminal when I see them. Maybe he looked at the hands of Christ. 
His hands weren't stained with blood. Those blessed hands of Christ were used to heal the sick, to impart blessing. And now Christ is standing before Pilate. They accused him of many things. Well, he's a reactionary. Pilate, he's a reactionary. Others said he's a rebel. He's against the authority. He's against government. He's a rabble-rouser, as some have said. You must do something with him, Pilate. Pilate talks to Christ, and then he says, But I find no fault in this man. Three times, and a fourth time, Pilate would say, I find no fault in this man. Can you find fault with Christ tonight? You know about him. You've heard about him. Have you seen faults in Christ? Is there some reason why you're keeping him out? You've opened the door of your life to every other thing, to pleasure, to habits, to friends. But when it comes to the blessed Savior, it seems like you've steeled yourself against Him and you say, everyone else, but not Christ. Wouldn't it be a wonderful gospel meeting if you stopped saying no to Christ? Pilate said, well, there's a criminal in the dungeon. His name is Barabbas. And I can let someone go free. Who will it be? And he's thinking, well, this is my way out. I'll present the, this option to them. They can let Barabbas go free or Jesus go free. And surely, given that option, they will say, well, if that's the only choice we have to make, well then, you can let Jesus go free. But when he presented the option to the people, they cried out, crucify him! Release Barabbas! And crucify Jesus! I wonder what options you are weighing up tonight. Christ, it's not Barabbas this evening, but what is it in your life that you're weighing up? Pilate, he asked this question to the people and to his own heart when he heard them roar, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? He could see the audience, the people, the mob. They were determined that Christ was going to be crucified. And Pilate thought, what shall I do then with Jesus? They're forcing me to make a decision. And the responsibility is upon my shoulders. What shall I do then with Jesus? And they yelled again, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! And Pilate was swayed by the crowd. And as we read, he washed his hands. And he said, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person. Take him and crucify him. And Jesus was scourged, and he was spit upon, and he was crowned with thorns. He was mocked, and he was bruised. They took their fist, and they plowed their fists into his blessed face. He was taken out to Calvary. And you know the rest of the story. They nailed him to the cross, and Jesus died. But Jesus isn't dead tonight. The Lord Jesus Christ is alive. And that is a differentiating factor between Christianity and every other belief system in the entire world. That our central figure, the Lord Jesus Christ, He is not dead. You can't go to some old museum or some old graveyard or cemetery and find the remains of His body. Christ Jesus is alive. He was raised from the dead. Pilate made his choice 2,000 years ago. But Christ is concerned about you tonight. What are you going to do with him? 
It's personal. It comes down to you. It's a destiny determining question. You can go to heaven without money, financially broke, and you can still go to heaven that way. You can go to heaven without friends. You can go to heaven without an education. But you cannot go to heaven without Christ. What you do with the Lord Jesus Christ will determine whether you're going to be in heaven for all eternity or in hell. It won't be your church or your synagogue or your mosque or your temple. It will be Christ and what you do with Him that will determine whether you're going to be in heaven for all eternity. This is a very personal question and it demands an answer. Tonight you can accept the Lord Jesus. Tell me, what's stopping you from accepting the Lord Jesus Christ tonight as your personal Savior? Christ died for our sins, 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. There was a reason for Christ's death. Christ died for the ungodly, Romans 5 and 6. And I can say personally, Christ died for me. And I am going to heaven, not because of my lifestyle, not because I preach or do anything like that, nothing to do with the church I attend, nothing to do with my baptism, nothing to do with the fact that I take the communion on Sunday morning, has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with what Christ did for me 2,000 years ago on the cross. Christ plus nothing else. What are you going to do with Christ? What are you going to do with Christ? The other day in the USA Times, it's a national daily newspaper in the States, USA Today, and there was an article that was entitled, Get Your Party Started Before the Party's Over. And the journalist wrote these words, Every now and then is what he said, A new story will stop me cold. It happened the other day, this is what he writes, when I heard about some poor guy who was killed when a truckload of lumber tipped over and fell on his car, instantly killed, he writes. The classic case of one minute sharing morning coffee with your wife and the next minute you're dead, end of quote. And he said some other things about being stopped cold in his tracks at the thought of people dying so suddenly. So I wrote the journalist last week. I said, you can be ready when the party's over. You can be absolutely sure you're going to heaven. He wrote me back. And then I wrote him again. And I said, will you let me send to you a copy of a book written by a national award-winning journalist, an investigative journalist, how he explored the facts and he was led from atheism to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I send it to you? And here's his response. Thanks, Peter, but I will pass. In the last 25 years, I've gotten tons of documents on Christ from my readers. God bless them all. No thanks for me. Is that going to be the response of your heart? Tons of documents on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have so much information on the blessed Savior. Consider seriously. What am I going to do with the Lord Jesus Christ?
Well, we hope that you will have seriously considered this question, what will I do with Jesus? But we also pray that you'll have decided to place your faith and trust in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and his work upon Calvary for your sins. He's the wonderful gift that God is giving. Receive him today. Reject him means turning your back on the only way to heaven and going out into eternity without sins forgiven. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.